This is the Coin Gamer Podcast, and I'm your host, Fritz Charles. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Coin Gamma Podcast, where we aim to demystify cryptocurrency and all facets of it. We all know that you know tax return is amongst us, so there's a lot of questions around how to manage taxes. And in the U.S., we changed. You know, there are new tax laws in place, so we want to kind of help our audience navigate that the best way they could. And so the best way to do that is to kind of bring experts to our podcast to help them help us understand everything. To that end, we're honored to have Jeff Vanju Jr., founder of Vanju LLC, a boutique practice that focuses on estate and cryptocurrency. Jeff is both a CPA and attorney, so he can kind of attack things on both lenses from not only taxes, but on the legal side as well. And he's been one of the premier tax voices in the cryptocurrency space for years. He's been quoted in Bloomberg, Coindesk, and Bitcoin Magazine. So we're definitely honored to have him add CoinGamma to that list of of illustrious media platforms. Jeff, thanks for uh, spending time with us. And please fill in any parts of your background that I might have missed. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, just, you know, very briefly, as you mentioned, I'm both an attorney and a CPA. I kind of stumbled into cryptocurrency as part of my practice by accident, uh, just because I had a big personal interest in it very early on. Uh, Well, I guess not as early as some people probably listening, but pretty early as compared to the general population. And that was uh, that I personally got involved in Bitcoin back in 2014. Um, And when I I did that, because I was a tax attorney and a CPA, I obviously wanted to make sure I had all the tax consequences correct. So I really just researched all the issues for myself at first. Um, You know, at that time, nobody in the general public was interested in this at all. Um, And I started, you know, offering services to clients, but it really didn't pick up um, until much later once the, the general public caught on. And then I was lucky enough to be in a position where, you know, I had been doing this stuff uh, longer than most attorneys and CPAs simply because I had to figure it all out on my own. Of one of the things I always like to set, one of the things I most frequently do for my clients is set up, uh, you know, cryptocurrency IRAs. And just using that as an example, um, I, I like to say I'm the first person that I know. I'm sure there was probably someone out there that, that got cryptocurrency into an IRA or 401k before me, but if, but I've never met them. Um, I've had it in mind since 2014. That's just an example. Most of this stuff were things I had to figure out for myself on my own that I started then, you know, offering to my clients. No, that's awesome. That's a, that's awesome segue. And Hey, if you haven't met them and you're the first, then, you know, keep going with that. You, you, you could be the first until somebody proves you wrong. Um, so, so we're going to, we're going to kind of going to stick. You're, you're, you're the inventor of the Bitcoin IRA. We like that. Um, so Awesome. So I guess you know we did, we definitely want to dig into that strategy because that that's probably one of obviously you, you you're somebody who created it. Um, I've heard about it in on on in different facets, different articles, things of that sort. But just to kind of take a step back, not everybody would know what exactly an IRA is. Can you kind of what is IRA? How does it work? How is it used outside of crypto? And then we can kind of get into how it can be used within crypto. Sure. Um, an IRA is, you know, the short story is it's a retirement account. Um, you can contribute to an IRA, you know, uh, funds. And if it's a traditional IRA, you get a tax deduction for your contribution. 
Uh, if it's a Roth IRA, you do not get a tax deduction for your contribution. We'll get into that in a second. Okay. But uh, the funds that you contribute, you can then invest in whatever you want, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. In this case, uh, you know, for purposes of our discussion, we're going to talk about uh, cryptocurrency. And the advantage of it is that all your gains that you make within the IRA, like for instance, if you're trading cryptocurrency in there, all your capital gains, it's all tax-free. Um, the only way that you pay tax on it is if it's a traditional IRA, you pay tax after you retire, you just pay tax on the amount that you withdraw to live on in retirement. Um, if it's a Roth IRA, you actually don't even pay tax on that. Um, yeah. And the, the other way, the, the main ways that IRAs are funded, you know, if you work for an employer that offers a retirement plan, uh, you know, and you end up quitting, let's say, or retiring or whatever, you can roll your 401k funds from your employer over into an IRA completely tax free. Wow. Uh, um, if you, which is a lot of the ways that a lot of these get funded. If you don't have the ability to do that because your employer doesn't offer a retirement plan or you're still working for your employer, because most employers won't allow you to roll funds out of their plan until you quit. Um, you can still usually at a minimum contribute at least to a Roth IRA, if not a traditional IRA, um, depends, depends on your income level. And, uh, yeah, so it's a big benefit if you're bullish on cryptocurrency, because, you know, if you, you know, as the, as your crypto assets grow, you won't have to pay any tax on them. Okay. Now that makes a lot of sense. But when I hear retirement, that means like, I'm buying crypto, um, so I'm in my early 30s. So I'm I'm buying crypto and holding it until I'm 65. Kind of like how how does it work? If you, you know, is it so, only for something that you want to hold until retirement? Uh, so you don't have to hold the cryptocurrency until retirement. It just ha the funds have to stay in the IRA until you're 59 and a half. If you don't want to pay a penalty. So uh, you could diversify some of that into crypt out of cryptocurrency into more traditional stocks and bonds and things like that okay. or other investments. But if you withdraw it before you're 59 and a half, that's when the penalty comes into play. Um, so this would be, you know, these would be your funds that, that you have a longer time horizon on. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's really holdable. <laughs> okay, that makes yeah. sense. Well, and then... But what is what what does a penalty look like if you want to kind of retrieve your funds before? It's, it's a ten percent penalty on the withdrawal. And then you pay taxes on the what, the withdrawal as well, right. right? So regardless of when you pull it out, you have to pay income tax on it due to the fact that you got a deduction when you put it in. Sure. Um, again, again, unless well, Roth IRA is a little different. I'll touch on that in a second. Okay. Um, and you also pay the ten percent penalty. A Roth IRA. You can actually pull out your contributions early without any penalty at all. Uh, you only have to pay tax and penalty on the growth if you pull it out early um, before you're 59 and a half. Got it. Got it. Got it. No, that's awesome. Um, and then are you are you able to kind of trade actively with an IRA? Because, I mean, some people. Yeah. So so yeah. the way that this works is most. IRAs are required, and this is sort of the key to having cryptocurrency within an IRA. Okay. So IRAs are required to, by law, to have a licensed third-party custodian over the funds. So most people for their IRA, what that means is 
whatever, let's say they're, they're investing in traditional assets, whatever brokerage that they're using for their investments usually provides custodial services for free. For instance, if you are just doing stocks and bonds and mutual funds at Vanguard or TD Ameritrade, you open an account there and they will off they will act as custodian over the funds for you okay. um, but they'll still grant you the right to sort of go in there and make trades as need be with cryptocurrency it's a little bit different um, because these are not assets that are traded through a traditional brokerage right. uh, your traditional custodians will not accept um, these assets for investment so that's where I come in and assisting people. We create something called a self-directed IRA LLC. Uh, so there are certain custodians out there that will be willing to act as passive custodians. And the way that it works are is um, you still contribute your funds to your IRA custodian. Okay. But the IRA custodian then uh, sort of uh, funnels them down into an LLC. And the, that's an LLC that is solely owned by the IRA. So the IRA only has one owner, that LLC. But the nice part is that you, the, you know, the beneficiary of these funds, are the manager of that LLC, meaning you have full authority to act on the LLC's behalf. So you can go out, open an account on a cryptocurrency exchange in the name of that LLC, and then use those funds to actively trade as much as you want. Um, you can do essentially anything that you want with those funds as long as you don't violate what are called the IRA prohibited transaction rules, which essentially basically just say that you can't trade on margin. Okay. Uh, you, can't, uh, you can't buy cryptocurrency for yourself. So like your IRA can't buy cryptocurrency from you or your okay. family members. Um, just some real basic rules like that. Okay. But it can do pretty much anything else. So then you essentially have full this self-directed IRA LLC that we set up for you. Um, essentially, what it does is it gives you full control over the funds. Uh, all you have to do in terms of the custodian is basically report the value of your account to your custodian once a year so that the custodian can make the proper filings with the IRS. Um, and we have a, a we usually work with a custodian. We can work with any what's called self-directed IRA custodian. Um, which are basically a class of custodians that are willing to do this sort of work. So in other words, it's not like TD Ameritrade or Vanguard or companies like that. It, the company we usually use is called Broad Financial. Okay. Um, but, you know, there are, there are several of them out there, and that's how this whole thing basically functions. Okay. okay. Um, in the event that any of your listeners out there are self-employed, there's actually an easy, an easier way to do this. Instead of doing a uh, self-directed IRA LLC, they can actually do what's called a self-directed 401k. Uh, so if they own their own business, they can actually create a 401k plan for their business. Now, if they have what are called eligible employees, they can't do a self-directed 401k. They have to do the IRA LLC. And the reason for that is when you offer a 401k at your job, there's a there's a law called ERISA, the Employment Retirement Income Security Act, it's federal law, sure. that says basically you have to offer it to your employees and you can't offer your employees too many options. You essentially, I'm, you know, I'm oversimplifying here, okay. but 
have to restrict their options so that they don't do anything dumb with their retirement funds. That's sort of the intent behind. Sure. Uh, um, but there, there's an exemption in ERISA that says if, you know, if there's only one employee that is eligible to participate, then uh, the plan is exempt from ERISA and it can invest in anything it wants. So generally the way it works is any employee that works over a thousand hours a year is, is considered an eligible employee. So any listeners out there that have a business or are self-employed where they either don't have any employees or all, or all their employees are part-time, a self-directed 401k is the way to go. Um, that's actually even easier than a self-directed IRA LLC because a self-directed 401k does not require a custodian. Okay. Uh, um, and also the contribution limits are higher. Um, so that's another really powerful tool out there. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I would never have thought of that, but obviously, you know, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and so like it would be, it, it, that, that's an awesome option for them. Now, I guess from a operational standpoint, you know, the way that these exchanges work, they, you know, they verify, they verify individuals like Coinbase, Binance, et cetera. Like I log on, put my information in, um, obviously put my, you know, my bank account. I upload maybe my license or my passport. Are there exchanges that allow for like LLCs, self-directed or not, to trade, like entities to trade versus individuals? There are, uh, and you have to use those um, because, unfortunately, the the uh, you can't commingle funds. So you have to have any exchanges that you use have to be in the name of the the LLC if it's a self directed IRA or the four hundred one k plan if it's a self directed four hundred one k. Just off the top of my head, uh, you know, Gemini allows this. Okay. Uh, uh, Itbit allows this. Okay. Uh, Kraken allows LLCs. I don't believe they allow self-directed 401ks, although unless that's changed. Okay. Um, GDAX also allows it. Um, the you know the process is slower with the KYC stuff when you're opening an account in the name of a uh, of a of an entity like this. So we've had the we used to have the best luck with Gemini. Um, we used to be able to get a Gemini account open in the name of the entity within a couple weeks. Okay. That has changed drastically since the end of last year. Um, okay. I have a couple that have been submitted in December to Gemini that still have not been approved. Wow. Um, so my most of my clients right now are using Itbit because we've been able to get those open in about 10 days, wow. um, which is a lot better, obviously. Um, the only downside to using Itbit for the entity is that Itbit is Bitcoin trading only. So if you want to do altcoins, what you end up having to do is uh, buy, you can buy Bitcoin on ItBit and then use a service like Shapeshift, which doesn't have any KYC or AML stuff, okay. uh, um, to flip your Bitcoins into altcoins. Um, you know, you can do that while you're waiting for either your GDAX account or whatever else to open up that allows trading of more different types of, of, uh, currencies. Okay. No, that's awesome advice. And, um, I, what about ICOs? ICOs are fine. Yeah, you can do you can invest in an ICO. Uh you just, you know, whatever 
paperwork, or I guess in the, in the ICO case, usually digital paperwork that you're filling out to subscribe to the ICO, you just make sure that the subscriber is the LLC or the, you know, um, and not you as an individual. Incredible. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And uh, what are some potential negatives to using this method? I mean, obviously, I guess it's, you know, you can't, you, you might be limited with all coins, you can't use all exchanges, and then there's penalties to leaving, um, to withdrawing funds before you're 59 and a half, if, depending on the type of IRA you have. Are there any other potential negatives to this? Um, like, like you said, the biggest thing is, is the biggest two really are, uh, the funds don't get withdrawn until you're 59 and a half without penalty. And then, uh, opening the exchange account is a huge pain, but that's kind of a pain everywhere now. Yeah, uh, even, even for individuals. Accounts. Yeah. It, I guess the only thing is it limits, there's certain exchanges you're not going to be able to use. Um, you know, so for some of them, for some of your altcoins, you might have to buy Bitcoin on an exchange like ItBit that allows entity trading and then use, you know, a non-KYC service like Shapeshift uh, to then switch those Bitcoin into whatever altcoins that you're looking to use. Got it. Um, just to pivot. So, you know, obviously, not only do you know a lot about this strategy, but you know a lot around taxes in general. So, you know. Obviously, the Trump administration um, pulled off a a huge tax deal at the end of last year that goes into place this year. So being that, you know, it's still early, it's the third month of the year. What are some folks, what are some things that crypto investors slash traders need to be aware of this year? Um, And what are some things that they could do to kind of structure themselves to kind of best, you know, prepare themselves for, for, uh, you know, filing next year to minimize their taxes or, or... reduce risk sure the tax act really didn't change very much for cryptocurrency traders other than the fact that it just lowered everyone's taxes um so i mean obviously people will generally find that beneficial um the tax act did have a provision that eliminated like kind exchange for all assets other than real estate however myself and most tax attorneys i've spoken to are of the belief that cryptocurrency never qualified for like-kind exchange in the first place at any time. So that's not really much of a change. Um, You know, the most important thing with preparing your taxes, regardless of any new tax act, is just tracking, you know, uh, exporting your transactions and importing them into a tracking tool. Um, personally, I use Bitcoin.tax for this. That was the only service that existed when I started doing this, sure. um, at least that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, it's what also most of my clients use. I do have some other clients that use Cointracker or LibreTax. Those are all other services. By the way, I have no affiliation with any of these services. Right, right, right. Um, uh, those are other services that are out there that perform this function. And that's very important because you want to uh, be tracking that throughout the year. So at the end of the year, all you do is shoot out a report and give it to your accountant or you or if you're preparing your own taxes, you use it with your own taxes um, and you're all ready to go to claim your cryptocurrency gains and losses. Right. Um, the other thing that I want to mention that's a strategy out there for tax reduction, you know, beyond the IRA that we talked about um, is. You know, if you are have been holding some cryptocurrency long term, you know, I have some clients that have been holding cryptocurrency long term and they're still in for the long haul, 
but they just, you know, let's say cryptocurrency has now become like 80% of your net worth because it's shot up so much. And that's just a little bit higher than you're comfortable with. So you still want to hold most of your cryptocurrency long term, but you want to diversify a little bit out of cryptocurrency. You can set up something called a charitable remainder trust, which eliminates the capital gain on that sale. Um, And the short story with that is, let's say you're a person who bought a bunch of Bitcoin for uh, you know a few thousand dollars, and now it's worth five million. And you want to hold two million, and you want to diversify two million out of cryptocurrency. Well, you would take two and a half million dollars of Bitcoin, you contribute it to a charitable remainder trust, which is something that I can set up for you. Yeah. Um, and then the, the trust then sells the Bitcoin on a tax-free basis. There's no tax wow. on that. And then what happens is every year for the rest of your life, you receive back from the trust an annual, it's kind of like an annuity payment. Okay. Um, it's a it's a percentage of the trust's assets. So after the trust sells that Bitcoin, it reinvests it in you know more traditional assets, stocks, bonds, whatever. Um, you can be trustee of it so you can control the reinvestment, but it does have to be more you know traditional conservative investments. So you in, you invest it in stocks, bonds, whatever. And then there's a certain percentage of the trust's value that gets paid out to you every year for the rest of your life. That exact percentage, I can't tell you, uh, on unfortunately, on a podcast because it varies on your age and some other factors. It's an actuarial calculation we do for you. Okay. But for, for a young person, it's usually going to be around 5 or 6%. So uh, if you have $2.5 million in that trust – uh, even if it doesn't really grow much at all, let's say you used 5%, you're going to get $125,000 back every year for the rest of your life. So essentially you're never going to have to work again. Um, and you will, like I said, there's no tax on the initial sale. You only have to pay tax on the amount of that annual payment that you receive, which drastically cuts down the amount of tax. The rest of the assets continue to grow tax-free. Um, within that trust for your entire life, which is a huge benefit. They'll grow much faster that way. Um, And then what happens is uh, when you die or if you're married, you can set it up so that this thing lasts uh, for both the lives of you and your spouse. Uh, When either you die or you and your spouse die, the balance of whatever's left over in there gets paid out to a charity of your choosing. Wow. the other benefit to it that I forgot to mention was in addition to that, to making that initial sale of, you know, in our example, two and a half million dollars of cryptocurrency, in addition to making that tax free, um, you also get a charitable deduction uh, in the year that you create the trust that you can use against your other income. In the example that I gave, the charitable deduction you'd get would be about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And you could use that against your income in the year that you set up the trust. And then any year, any amounts that you couldn't use in that first year, you could roll forward and use for up to five more years um, to, you know, and that can reduce your taxes on, you know, the income that you earn at work or, you know, whatever other income that, you know, you might have. So that's another big tax benefit for doing it. So that's those are two major tax benefits that you get for setting up a charitable remainder trust. These typically make sense for people that are looking to, to diversify, I'd say, at least you know three quarters of a million to a million dollars out of cryptocurrency. Another part of your practice focuses on estate planning, and you kind of touched on it. 
in what you just described around uh, marriages, if, if you pass away, things around charitable trust and things of that sort. Um, has, you know, given that crypto's been around for a few years, this was never really a concern. But now, you know, I've, I've read certain articles around either divorces or, you know, people passing away, but, you know, people don't know the, the keys to the, the crypto that, you know, the, the deceased might have had. Um, so what, what are some stuff that you, your practice kind of helps people with and what what's some high level advice around that? Sure. Um, you know, with cryptocurrency for for estate planning purposes, it's not really different than any other asset, okay. except for the fact that you got to make sure that someone you trust knows how to get access to your keys, um, whether that's keeping a hardware wallet in a safe deposit box somewhere and making sure they know where that safe deposit box is and they know the pin code to that hardware wallet. Um, if in using that hardware wallet example, you're also going to want them to know where to obtain, you know, the paper copy of your seed. Um, or if it's not a hardware wallet and it's a paper wallet and you're storing your key on paper, you know, hopefully at multiple different locations or however you're handling your security there. Um, there's gotta be someone that knows all the, all of these locations so that when you pass away, these things are going to be accessible. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Um, obviously your, your practice focuses on a ton of different things. Um, so what, what are some ways that people can kind of get in touch with you, get in touch with your practice if they want your help to kind of help, uh, you know, use some of the strategies that you just outlined? Sure. If you're interested in anything that I talked about today, uh, best way to get in touch with me is uh, vandrew.com to go to my site. It's uh, V as in Victor, A and as in Nancy, D as in David, R-E-W.com. Uh, you can, on that site, there's a couple different ways, you know, on the contact us page that you can get in touch with me depending okay. on what's convenient for you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we're definitely going to link that on the show notes. And, uh, yeah, this was amazing. Um, you you kind of gave us tons of great strategy. Um, and I think people will benefit not only from this podcast, but from visiting your website and reading your content and of course, reaching out to you if they want to kind of put anything into action. Um, thanks again. And thanks for your time. No problem. Thank you. Awesome.